Hi, I'm Paulina. Hi, I'm Bracia. And we're sisters, friends, daughters, wives, and business owners. And we're just following our dreams, you know, working to be a better version of ourselves every day. All right. And we're also moms. Welcome to the Supermama Sisterhood. Hello. Hi, Supermamas. Welcome to the Supermamas podcast. Welcome, welcome everyone to your favorite podcast with your favorite host, Paulina and Brisa Lopez. Bricia was like in and out because she was taking care of some things at home, but you got it. You got it taken care of. You're here. I'm here. I made it. I made it. I'm, I'm you made here. it. You made I it. I show up. I'm always <laughs> like, well, how does that song? I'm not always there when you call, but I'm always on time, but I'm like different. Like I'm never on time, but I'm always there when you call. I don't know. I'm here. I show up for you. I show up for you, sister. I show, you show up, up for, for you. Thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thank you for showing up for me. I will always show up for you. How's it going? I heard during our interview that you said you're premenstrual. Did you learn a lot on our podcast today? I did. I did learn so much about just, you know, you know what? Today's podcast is just so, I could say, empowering, enlightening. I think that sometimes we're just mm-hmm. so difficult on ourselves for whatever, for feeling the feelings that we feel. And I think what it taught me is it's that it's okay to be on your feels. Like you don't always have to be strong and you don't always have to do this and you don't have to do that. I mean, obviously, like she said, the society in this world that we live in is very different than the one that we used to. But I think it's sometimes okay to take care of ourselves. So I'm I'm trying to make that a priority. Sometimes it's okay to take care of yourself. (laughs) Not all the time, ladies. Not all the time. You know, don't always put yourself first. Sometimes you should be putting yourself first. You know what? Like though? this time. I mean, let's talk about this a little bit, Paulina, because I feel that I've been talking about this a lot recently in interviews, and I don't know what's, I don't know why this sort of narrative is going in my head over and over again. But I think that as daughters of immigrant parents and daughters of strong, a very, 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 very. <laughs> strong, macho Mexican man that we grew up to have as a father, you grew up wanting to live your life for them. And you grew up wanting and needing their approval and to make them happy and living life for them. Right. And for our parents or yes, for our yes, man? for our parents, for our parents, but specifically in our, in our case, I think for our father, I think for a very long time, I lived my life wanting to seek his acceptance in some sort of way or way. You know what I mean? Wait, are we sisters? Wait, are we sisters? Are we talking about the same parent? <laughs> yes. I do know what you're talking about. I have no idea what this has to do with menstrual cycle, but here, here's, I'm, I'm going to bring it back in some way or another. <laughs> you're in your feels. And I think that I've kind of like, I'm in this moment in my life where I, for the first time ever, I'm not living my life for him. I'm living my life for me. And it's crazy. And also me understanding that as I'm also as a Mexican mother with two children to empower my kids to not live their life for me or to seek my approval for them to know that I'm going to love them no matter what, because I generally believe that dad loves me no matter what. I don't need to be anyone for him. I think he loves me the way, but forever, like, I don't know why I learned to believe this thing that I needed to be this person for him. Yeah. And I'm not doing that anymore. I totally get you. I've made so many decisions in my life based on his approval. And I'm just not going to do that anymore. Yes, I know. I know. We have, 
I had a conversation with dad when I was in Oaxaca. Recently. Yeah, I'm also not having conversations with him either. And I hope he listens to the show and like, that's our conversation. Hi, dad. That, that one was for you. <laughs> no, but I was. Have, I think like, I, I, I also think this is a very, after listening to our guest today and like the vibration of the earth, I really do feel that this is a very, a time where everything's Dude, and changing. Dude, when she said that, I was like. A hundred percent. I was like. You're right. After January 17th, like hundred percent. Like I totally felt that shiftment in power yes. in my body. Like I transformed myself. This is like a year of transformation to me. And I'm just like living my I don't give a fuck moment. And I'm like, wow, crazy. Yes. When she said that, I was like, sort of clicked on me. I'm yes. like, not negative, not positive. Everything is shifting. Yeah, not negative, not positive. I'm just like, for better or for worse, I'm just now just being yeah. me or learning to know what Bricia wants, not what the world wants of yes. Bricia. It's the slow transition. Yeah. I've had this conversation a lot lately with different women. And it's like, we are actually relearning to redefine what it is to be a woman nowadays, because the difference between the previous generation and us, it's so abysmal that we are trying to figure out what it is now to be a woman. And like, we are finding this out right now and it's shifting and like people are feeling uncomfortable about that. There's a lot of... Uh, like there's a lot of people around us that are feeling uncomfortable that we are finding our new selves. It's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. It's uncomfortable for people to feel that. And we are like either like I think the previous generations would have been like, oh, well, OK, let me lower. Let me dim my light so that I don't outshine you. But now these generations are like, no, like this, like, why can't I just also be me? So we are all like in this shift. But anyway, I was talking to dad about that. And I feel like he also is finding his feelings. And I was like, wow, that was very different just to hear him talk about his own feelings. And I was like, damn, dad, you're Dang. changing too. Normalize foods with feelings. Foods with feelings, dude. Foods with feelings. <laughs> but I get you, sister. We're all going through the same. It is a shift. Now it makes sense. It I'm makes like, sense. oh, so I'm not crazy. It's just the vibration of the earth. <laughs> <laughs> that it went to like 170 or something like that from 7 to 130. I still don't know what that means, but we will Listen, figure it out together. You know what? I didn't know what it meant at the moment, but I feel like since we had the conversation, I'm like, you're right. My vibration has gone up. I'm on a different vibration right now. And I totally understand. I got it. Also, I'm looking, whether it has a higher like, level of tiredness or a higher level of energy. But <laughs> <laughs> have you ever looked, have you ever oh, yeah. seen me look like this, Paulina? <laughs> <laughs> or Beth, I mean, producer Beth, no. like, have you ever seen me like this? <laughs> you need to recharge. I'm glad I'm you're going. You're, you I'm know. so excited for Oaxaca. Like, you have no idea. I'm just counting. We're recording this before I left Oaxaca. By the time you hear this, I had already come back. But let me tell you, ladies, like, I am counting down the minutes and seconds till I land on my mother earth and I just like lay on the floor and just recharge. Let me tell you. As soon as I landed in Oaxaca, I just like cried my eyes out and I left it all there. And I was like, oh, all right, let's go. So it was, it was, it, you need it. You need it. I'm glad that you're going. I'm glad that you're doing this. You need it right now. It's been a very desgastante. It's desgastante yeah. right now. Like when you're, everything that you're going through. So I'm glad you're taking time for yourself. Yeah. Although yesterday I told, wait, yesterday, yesterday I told somebody so excited. I'm going to take some time for myself. I'm going to be there for, for, for Oaxaca for a week. Like, I mean, I'm going to be doing work. Too, but like the guy looked at me, he was like, "It's really sad that you think a week is enough time to take care of. Like that's all you have." 
And I'm like, get out of here, single dude with like no chill. Like, get out of here. Go fucking go fly fishing or something. Go do whatever it is that you do and just don't talk to me. <laughs> what? I know. That's so sad. I'm that you only get to take away. He's like, wow, that's so sad that you think that's enough time. I'm like, so sad that you're just alone. <laughs> So sad that you're just alone living your best life. Oh, <laughs> I know. But anyway, I'll take well, what I get. You know. I'll take what I get. Paulina, who do we have on the show today? This week on the show, we are privileged to have Gina Castellanos, a versatile actress, producer, and menstrual activist, renowned for her work on Yo Mujer, a groundbreaking project that explores and enlightens about feminine consciousness. Her acclaimed podcast led to the successful book, Menstruación Consciente, an exploration of mindful menstruation that has recently launched its second edition in the United States. Join us today for a, a very insightful conversation of femininity, self-love, and all things menstruations with Gina. You guys are going to love this episode. It's really helpful for me, for me and my daughters. If you have daughters, if you don't have daughters, but you have a mother or you have friends that are women, you will really get to understand our periods better. So without further ado, here is an interview with Gina Castellanos. Welcome to the show, Gina. How are you? Hi, I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my gosh, Gina, you are the MVP. You are right now, we were just talking off camera and off mic. I am in awe and you are... Uh, manifestation of what all of our ancestors want us women <laughs> to sort of tap into, you know, the power of femininity. I feel like there's so much power that comes with what you're doing that we don't talk about. Menstruation, period, blood, the dot, my th- whatever people call it, right? It is one of the most powerful things that we have as women. So thank you for being here. I know a lot of us, number one, don't like that time of the month. And number two, don't talk about it. So I'm happy to have you here. We are happy to have you here. No, thank you so much for having me. And like, thanks for saying that, but I will have to tell you something that I say all the time so we can get this straight. I consider myself an expert on menstrual cycle because I experience one, because I'm in it, because I live one. So if you experience a menstrual cycle, you are an expert on yours. And that has to be celebrated and validated because if we don't celebrate that, if we don't validate that we know a lot about our bodies and a lot about our menstrual cycles, because we're in it every month, more information would be passed from women to women, from menstruator to menstruator. So I know you, Bricia, and you, Paulina, you both have a different experience with your own menstrual cycles. And I assure you, you are an expert of your own. I don't know about that, but yes. Thank you for, Thank saying, you for that. saying that. <laughs> I mean, I do know when it's coming. <laughs> I do know. I think I I finally know when it's coming. And I think like I was actually talking to my husband the other day because I was telling him because he has a vasectomy now, I don't really think about it. I'm not like, oh, my God, when is it coming? When is it coming? And like the last time that I had my period was so organic because I didn't know. And I was like, oh. Okay. And it was, it was very different. I was not worried. I was not monitoring. And I think for a long time, we are 
monitoring it so much, like it just becomes an anxious feeling. Like it's, it's an anxiety filled thing when you are like, am I pregnant? Am I not pregnant? What's happening? Is it coming? Is it not coming? Like it becomes like a stressful situation past certain age. And I have a daughter who's 11 and she's starting her journey. And I see, like, I want it to be different for her. I want it to be yeah. lighter for her. I want it to be just different than it was for, for us, you know? No, definitely. One of the things that really strikes me from what you're saying is that we usually think that menstruation, the period, it's our menstrual cycle. And the menstruation, it's only one of four phases of the menstrual cycle. So what that means is that you are always in the cycle. You are in a one particular time of the month in your menstruation phase, but in reality, you're always in the cycle. You're always cycling. Women and people that menstruate, we will will do that for about 40 years. So 40 years of your life on average, you are in the cycle. So if we only think about the menstrual cycle, with the term menstruation, with the phase menstruation, it's almost, Paulina, as if I invite you to the movies and I only take you to see the end. And like, we're like, well, I paid my money. I do all this. I have no clue what's happening. Of course, because you're only looking, you're only fixated on the end and the beginning. Because I think for me, at least in my experience, my menstruation is my end and beginning. And if something we can leave your audience is that the chaos and when things have no beginning or end, when you have no clue what's happening, that is actually the beginning. So chaos, it's very important to embrace because that is kind of like the entrance to the next thing. So menstrual cycle, Mm. specifically living a mindful menstruation, a mindful conscious cycle will teach you that every month. And that you could potentially use it for the outside world because you are incorporating, meaning pass through the corpus, going into the body while you're doing your mindful menstrual cycle every month. Okay. Wow. (laughs) Beginning and chaos. So Mm -hmm. when you think of menstruation, you think of I love what you're saying about a cycle. I never really even thought about that we are always in a cycle because you're correct. It's the cycle when you're ovulating, when you're you know menstruating, the cycle when you're getting ready for something and what a reflection that is of life, right? That there, we're always sort of, not in a waiting place, but that we are always in movement. So when you think of beginning and end, like what do you do personally? What do you recommend our listeners or sisters to do when they are in their cycle, is there a certain power that comes when we are in there that we can reflect the beginning of something maybe and something? What are some of the decisions that you make in meditations or practices that you do and that we can do in each part of our cycle? That is a very powerful way of thinking about it. So then again, the cycle is all the time. The period menstruation is only one time. So while you're going through your menstruation phase, what I do recommend a lot is to take it in, to learn, like the body is helping you understand the detox process, that in order for us 
to be productive, to be able to push things, to, to do things, to be executive about it, to have action, you also have to get some sort of depth, sleep, rest, recharge. So during the menstruation phase, that's the time for allowing our bodies to be, to rest, and to recharge. But in this world, productivity is very much celebrated. And rest and going in and receiving is pretty much judged. So when you think about how your body is going through the cycle, not only when you're menstruating, your body is also explaining you physically how your energy levels are changing. So it's scientifically proven that you have different different types of energies throughout the the cycle. So for our listeners out there, your menstrual cycle has four phases. And one of them is menstruation. The next one is follicular. The next one is fertile, which is where your ovulation happens. And then the other one is luteal, which is the one known as premenstrual. So these four phases are happening in a cycle for about 40 years. And each of these phases have different levels of energy. So if you respect and go with the flow of these energy levels, you will always be in sync with your cycle. That will help you make assertive choices towards your professional life, towards your relationships, towards having a solid and balanced self-love, what that I consider a mature self-love, one that is sustainable, one that it does not only likes you and loves you when you're at your highest point, but understands you and nurture you when you need it the most. So menstrual cycle, understanding your menstrual cycle, integrating these four phases is what ultimately will make you understand who you are and why you are the way you are throughout the month. So simple things like asking for a raise in your job, right? Maybe you want to ask for a little bit more more money. You want to have like a serious talk with your boss and ask what you're worth. That is a hard conversation to have as women. So whenever people ask me, when's a good time during your fertile, on your two days of ovulation, that is when your energy levels are at the highest point your skin, Mm -hmm. your hair, the way you talk, the way you communicate. Like, my God, you can't create a freaking baby tonight. If you want, you can't create Mm -hmm. a baby. So anything that you could put (laughs) into that energy. I mean, don't do it. Like, don't create a baby, (laughs) but create something else. Yes. If, If that's what you want, you can create a baby. But what I'm saying is, I cannot guarantee your boss is going to give you a raise, but I can guarantee is that the way that you stand up for yourself and the way that Mm. you diplomatic talk about what you're worth is going to be there. And you're going to be very, feel very proud the way that you present yourself. That's one way to do it. Another way to do it specifically for relationships is if you have to set a boundary with your partner, let's say. We have to talk about money, right? Money, it's always hard, like in relationships. So if you need to talk about money, what you would do is do not have that conversation. Do not have that boundary setting 
on your luteal phase, meaning when you are premenstrual. Do not have that. Mm. Why? Because on that phase, your, your energy is going down. It's coming, like physically, your energy is coming down. That, that part oh of the God, cycle. The moment I, this is where I am right now. I'm in this moment of my life, if you can't tell, but I'm right now, I'm premenstrual. Of course. <laughs> so then like, while you're men's, like before you are, you're going to menstruate, while you're going into the decrement of the energy, you cannot sustain this type of conversations. Why? Because you need, like you, you, your energy is for nourishment. Your energy is for going in, not going out. So what I will say is like, yes, have the conversation, but wait one week after your period to have that conversation while you're in follicular. Why? Because your energy is going to start going up. It's going to be the beginning of the next cycle. You can actually maintain a conversation that helps you think more proactively, that helps you think in terms of a structure, in terms of plans. So those are the things that you could potentially start integrating and not doing things as to have a very weird conversation when you're premenstrual, when obviously you're going to have conflict. Makes so much sense. Yeah. And it's mislabeled and, and it's like, it's a misconception because they're like, oh, in Mexico or like the Latinos, like, oh, ya te va a bajar, no? Yeah, ya estás, estás toda de mal humor, ya te va a bajar. Like, oh, are you on your period? Like automatically it's like, you're moody, you're in your period and you're like, uh, but it totally makes sense what you're saying. Like the energy levels, when we should have conversations. I mean, I always just stay in such an awe on how our body works and how we as human beings function. There's so much energy happening in, in different ways and everything has to do with everything. We're, we're flowing energy all the time. Y suena un poco like cursi, you know, but it's the truth. Like it's the truth. Somos energía que se mueve todo el tiempo. And this is a big aspect that has to do with it. Like I never thought about it like that. It makes total sense. And not only energy, Paulina, we're also water. And we have to remember this all the time. We are 77% water on our bodies. So obviously, while the moon is changing its faces, it has a direct correlation with your own internal feminine waters. So That was my question, yeah. If you start integrating how you are changing with how the cosmos and the universe is also changing. For instance, right now, I don't know if you guys are aware of the Resonancia Schumann, which is basically the frequency of the planet. Planet Earth used to be at seven hertz. And since January 17th, it's 120. It's like ridiculously. Oh, yes. It's kind of like, what happened? And basically it's what just- What does that mean though? The vibration of the planet is different, it's higher. So right now, nobody knows what's going to happen. What does that eventually mean? I could not even brief you on what does that mean other than the frequency of the planet increased. So if you is ask me- Is that good or me, bad though? I feel like there's nothing good or bad. I feel like it's fact, it's factual, right? I feel like this, at least in my experience and the way I translate it, is to be present, meaning, whoa, the frequency of the planet is 120. Am I staying at seven? So what, what I think it's staying in nature, try to ground yourself, try to stay present, try to not be 
kind of like forward, not trying anxious to go into the future and not depressed going into what happened before. I feel like saying in the present moment and kind of like make sure that you are consciously going through what's happening here and now is what potentially will help you harmonize with the same frequency that is the planet that you're living here and now. <laughs> so I feel like that is kind of like the way that I interpret that this information. But perhaps because I'm very much in tune with my own cycle, that I understand it as such. But one of the things that I actually wanted to say also specifically about menstruation is that we don't think about blood as a health barometer. We only think about blood as this like terrifying, disgusting, super like miedo, shameful kind of evacuation. And one of the things that I would love to share with you is that the blood has very important information about your health through the color, the texture, and the smell of the blood, you can know if there's something off with you. But how could you potentially know if there's something off when you have not seen the normal, when you have not explored and touched and smell the normal blood? A normal healthy blood is red, like bright red, wine, and brown. Those are the three colors. And it should not smell like fish or like this. It should have just like a bland, simple smell that comes and goes. It's not pungent. It's not oloroso, feo, sudoroso. It's not like that. It has to be bland. But if you usually use products that change the color, the smell, and the texture of the blood, you would never get to know your blood at its optimal state. And that could never be used as a gateway or barometer of health to tell you when, th when something's up. If you see blood that it's color orange, that it's color pink, that it's color green, that it's color white, that it's color dark, like really, really, really dark, something's up. But if you have not yet experienced what is your blood color in its optimal state, you could never use the blood as a gateway for your health. Yeah, I think like it, like you're saying, it has a lot to do with like shame. Like there's a lot of shame around the period, around the blood, around like being made fun of. Recently, we had a, an event, a gathering for our company. And one of the girls that was there got her period in the middle of it. And she was like, I got to go. I'm leaving. I'm I'm not. And I was like, well, we can lend you a pad. You know, we can give you something. And she was like, no, no, no. Like, I got to go. Like, And I thought it was really interesting, right? Because we do come from a culture when talking about blood or like someone being on their period is something nasty. It's something shameful. It's something that she should be covering. She should be home. She should be, you know. And so she stopped in the middle of what we were doing and left. And I I mean, I, I feel like we've come a long way. My sister and I, we've come a long way from that. But I do still see it in the community. I do still see it among like Latina women, like among that, like the shame around it. So what was some of the conversations that you had growing up? How is it that you became so normal and in touch with your period? Like, what can we do differently as mothers 
with our own children. Like I have three girls. What can we do different so that we can all become comfortable and at one with everything that you're saying? Like I'm all for it. I would have loved to have this conversation with you when I was younger, but now like, what do we do to change that to the girls that are coming after us? Yeah. So first and foremost, I grew up with none, not education, not menstrual education at all. I grew up in a very Catholic authoritarian family where we didn't talk about sex and we did not talk about menstrual cycle. The reason why I became an advocate for menstrual education is because I did not receive one. And I wish that I would have had a conversation with my mom about different ways that I could live and dignify my process of my menstruation. One of the most important things to say is that to have a menstrual education and menstrual resources is very attached to privilege. Specifically, the Latina community has the lack of vision, aperture, and education, and also has the lack of funding. So we have both things that really alter how we kind of like get in touch with specifically our bodies and menstrual cycle in particular. The reason why we experience shame and fear and most mostly I would say disconnect, it's because we have a little tear that I would call like a like a menstrual wound, which most of Latinas have which is basically your first period. Your first period, it's called menarca. So the menarca is basically the ritual of passage from non-menstruating to menstruating, meaning the first, the first menstruation. And our wound, a menstrual wound, is that that menarca wasn't celebrated, wasn't explained, wasn't welcomed. So we just had to figure it out. Whether you had a very open mother that gave you products, but she didn't know how to use them, use them herself, or you didn't have anything. And then you had to like figure it out and catch up whether your whole group of friends already menstruate and you didn't, and you were kind of like señalada por eso, bully por eso, or the, the other way around. You were the only one menstruating and any, anybody of your friends did. So our menstrual wound is very deeply ingrained. And melamenarca, which is the first menstruation, is so, so important. I would almost say that is kind of like the most important moment in the life of a girl to have a menarca that is welcomed and celebrated. If you do that, then there's two things that are very important that happens. The first one is the openness for pleasure literally is there. And the resilience for pain, it's also there. So both paths, literally pleasure and pain, gets open and they will kind of grow next to each other. So then she can eventually, at the time when she's older, understand that they both kind of are like the same and the opposite. But that has to happen if there's a space for her to walk and literally live her period informed, educated, and celebrated. The way that you could potentially start now 
is you don't talk about girls about menstruation when they're having their menstruation. You talk about that before. Like every time you have your period is a very good opportunity to talk about it. So you have to be very mindful of how you speak about your menstrual cycle. If you usually say things like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening to me. I hate being a woman. I don't like my period. My period sucks. It's the worst thing that can ever happen to me. I wish I could just take a pill so I would never have my period. I want to be a man. Like things that people say (laughs) around menstrual cycle, that is very important because the kid will just watch and learn by example. You don't teach a kid how to do or be to something other than they will watch you do it. So the many cycles that you have previously until your kid will start having the menarca, they will have the, the first menstruation, that's your opportunity to set the line straight, to, to, to plant the seeds of curiosity, to have a moment where they can understand how you take care of yourself, how you nourish yourself, how you integrate your cycle yourself. So then when they experience theirs, they're not afraid. It's normalized. It's very important that we normalize at home that there's blood. So they understand menstruation equals blood. We're not saying the time of the month. We're not saying when mommy feels off. No, we say when mommy menstruates, (laughs) she experiencing blood. She evacuates blood. And that comes with discomfort. But guess what? Mommy does this thing and this thing and this thing to take care of herself. So once you have it, we'll do all these things to take care of yourself. I feel like nowadays there are more and more women integrating their children to their own cycles that by the time the girl starts having their menarca, they love to menstruate. Why? Because that's the day mom, it's, it's aware of my, own, my cycle. We perhaps menstruate together, so we do fun things together. It's a very important time of the month to regroup with your women, to go in to men- the menstruation phase is so powerful is your shamanic phase so at that time your intuition is so deep so if you take time to literally menstruate literally like take the day off to menstruate you will get all sort of downloads that i cannot even begin to tell you that thing that you want to resolve that you're like oh my god how could i potentially have a solution for this Don't worry about it. Think about it while you're menstruating and you'll find a solution. It's just like, it's so, so, so powerful. So when we start thinking about it this way, then girls are open to menstruate because that's a time of the month that they take care of themselves. That is a time of the month that they actually put themselves first for self-care. If I want to have a tea, if I want to stretch, if I want to sleep in, if I want to eat a little bit more of what I love eating. So all those things that are very restricted throughout the month, that could potentially have a rain check while your menstruation. Mm, true. True that. True that. That's what happens to my daughter. She just wants ice cream and nothing else. And you should give it to her. Yeah, I love how you say all this. It's so important. Thank you so much, Gina. This was really eye-opening. And now I hope that all of our moms are looking at their cycles in different ways. And you're right. When we menstruate, we should be taking care of ourselves. It should be that moment to stop, breathe, and be for us. 
So thank you for bringing that up. I think that moms always leave themselves last. My seventh question, my friend was telling me, who takes care of you? <laughs> I'm like, mm-hmm. girl. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. They were like, I think that you need to eat something. Like, oh, that's right. Eating is important. <laughs> Yeah. Like, yeah, you are just running around worried about everyone. Like, who worries about you? Yeah. Gina Castellanos worrying about me right now. Gina does yes. worry about us. Yes. No, like the most important <laughs> thing I feel like it takes a little bit of time. But what I love about menstrual cycle is that it's not a sweater. It's not your sweatshirt that you can take off. Like, no, your menstrual cycle, it's in it. It happens, it moves, it continues whether you are conscious or not, and it sustains you. So whether you are conscious or not, every decision that you are making every day, it's it's coming from your uterus. It's coming from the phase of the cycle that you're in. So when you think about it this way, you're never out of the sink. You're never out of the cycle. You are in it. You are the cycle. So that is a very important information because when you start to just acknowledging that, something wonderful happens. And that is exactly what you explain, Bricia. Your inner mother, literally the sense of staying here alive will ignite and will wake up. And then that vision of taking care of myself so I can take care of others, literally what they tell you at the at the airplane, put the mask first on yourself and then you can put the mask on your infant is the same thing. So it needs an ignition process. It, it The inner mother, the person that will mother you and the person that will father you, it's you, not the physical beings that brought you into this life, but you. And that only happens when you integrate reality. And reality is for women and people that menstruate, menstrual cycle, which is happening all the time. And it's not only meant to have children and to keep on populating the world. It's meant for your creation. It's meant Mm. for you to create every day with every decision you make. Not only having a family, but the clothes that I'm wearing, what I'm eating, what I'm seeing, what I'm hearing, the conversations that I'm taking part of, everything you are deciding. So that is creating your world. And that is literally filtered by the face of the cycle you're in. So don't take this as a simple information. Like this is literally what's happening to you, whether you are conscious or not. So I feel like if you're looking for someone to take care of yourself, and even if it sounds corny and like it's very coursey, when you think about self-love, I always thought about that very intangible thing because I didn't know how it looks on me. When people said like, oh, my self-love, I almost wanted to barf a little bit. I was like, come on, like, what are you talking about? Like, I was like, no. But then I realized my problem was that I was only liking myself when I was at my highest moment. And I didn't know what to do with myself when I was at my lowest moment. What menstrual cycle has taught me in a very soft and repetitive way every month is literally 
sustaining the love for myself at a very specific times throughout the month. And that was given as an outcome is a mature self-love, one that is sustainable, that it's not only when I'm at my highest, that it's also very understanding and nurturing while I'm at my lowest. And that is what menstrual cycle can teach you about yourself. Wow. Thank you so much, Gina. Like I, I could be, I could listen to you for hours. I think that we need so to powerful. do a part But you can, two. because she has her podcast, Gina. Yes. Where can her superwoman subscribe to your podcast? Where can they read your book? Where can they follow you? Where can they learn more about this? Yes. My book is called Menstruación Consciente. It, unfortunately, this book is 100%. I say unfortunately, but it's not unfortunately. It's very no. fortunate. My book is only in Spanish just because I literally know that this information is not available in Spanish. Most of the yes. resources that we talk about today, mm -hmm. if you Google them, you can find this information. But we, you would only receive it if you have the luxury of speak English. And my intention with this book is that this information can be served to Latinas that do not speak English and that actually need this information. So my book is called Menstruación Consciente. You can find it everywhere, literally everywhere. Amazon, Target, Barnes & Noble. It's edited by the Penguin Random House Publishing House. So it's like a, you can find it everywhere, literally. I do have a podcast. It's called Yo Mujer. That podcast is also in Spanish. The last season of the show, it's very much focused in mindful menstruation. If you want to take a beat and go and listen there, and obviously in social media, at Gina Castellanos underscore, I have a lot of resources and mostly sharing information for you to get in touch with your menstrual cycle that you are in it. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for this. Thank you. I am going to you, get Gina. your book and gift it around because I, I think you're right. It's it definitely is information that is not available for a lot of Latinas out there. And we need to get that. And where can we follow you on Instagram? Where can mom subscribe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. At uh, Gina Castellanos underscore everywhere. YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, Perfect. Um, Pinterest, everywhere. I love it. Thank you, Gina, so much for being here. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Hey, sisters. Thank you so much for listening. Hope all of you guys are subscribed to our newsletter. If you're not, make sure you hit that subscribe button on superromas.com. We will be sending out invites to upcoming events, promos, and super cool surprises your way. And of course, you can always keep up with us through the gram at underscore supermamas and on Twitter also at underscore supermamas and in el face at supermamas podcast. Oh, one more thing. We want to hear your supermama moment of the week to share with all of you sisters. Call into our hotline 424-329-3707 and leave us a message or simply email us a voice note to hello at supermamas.com. Very soon, we could be featuring you on the show. Please remember to leave your name and Instagram handle for a chance to be featured. Much love and see, see you, you next week. week. Supermamas! Super